0: Hey everybody, this is the Simple Power Podcast. My name is Duke LaMastra. I'm your host. This week's episode is about breaking the cycle of condemnation, and it starts right now. Hey Everybody, let's jump into this week's episode. This podcast channel is all about bringing simplicity and practicality to the outworking of the power of God in our lives. If you want to experience a greater flow of grace, abundance, power, and blessing in your life, it all starts with your thinking. I lived my life for many, many, many years under a cloud of condemnation. I remember feeling so guilty for my sin, thinking that I had to confess the same sins over and over again. I felt like I had to get saved over and over again. I pretty much lived in church. I was in church all the time growing up. I loved it because it was actually the only place that I really felt okay with myself. For some reason, when I was in church, I felt like I had a break from the guilt that I just lived with all the time. I lived my life constantly, like looking over my shoulder, walking on eggshells, trying so hard not to mess up, trying so hard not to sin. It was miserable. I actually developed an obsessive compulsiveness that controlled my life for years I won't get into the specifics of what that looked like right now, but I was bound by fear and shame. My mind was bombarded by lies. I literally felt like I was going to hell if I messed up. Uh, Something about me. I absolutely love taking communion or the Lord's Supper, as some call it. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Even though I hate grape juice, I love communion so much because I love to worship God by remembering what he's done for me and what he's promised to me. But years ago, communion was a miserable thing for me because whenever I was in a church service and they were serving communion, I dreaded it. It wasn't just because I hated grape juice. I dreaded it. I dreaded it, excuse me, because I was so worried that I had sinned or done something wrong and I thought that if I took communion with sin in my life, then I was going to get punished or something like that. Yeah, my mind was messed up. Don't get me wrong. I loved God. I wanted to be close to God, but I had such a wrong concept of the way that God looked at me. If you were to ask me, I would tell you that, you know, God is loving, that his grace was amazing. But for me, when it came to my own mindset, I couldn't accept the fact that he loved me personally, no matter what. That he accepted me even when I messed up, that I was still his even when I messed up. I tell people sometimes, you know, for a long time, I had a relationship with God's back. Like my concept of my heavenly father was that he was so disappointed in me that he didn't even want to look at me. It was a horrible way to live. So anyway, that's a little bit about me, but here's what I've learned about condemnation. Condemnation, you know, first of all, it takes on so many forms, guilt, shame, embarrassment, fear, anxiety, false humility, like pity parties. It takes on so many forms. Whenever you judge yourself to be unworthy, you are under condemnation. But here's the thing with condemnation. It will cripple you spiritually. One of the greatest hindrances that I have discovered when it comes to hearing the voice of God and operating in the power of the Holy Spirit is condemnation. It's not that God uh, can't talk to you. It's that you judge yourself to be unworthy. So even like on a subconscious level, you turn yourself off from hearing from God or receiving the things that he has for you. When you're stuck living under condemnation, even when you're reading the Bible, you can look at all the parts that talk about how much God loves you and cares for you and everything else, but you will tend to focus on the stuff that talks about like judgment and sin and whatever else. Why? Because those things uh, are the things that speak the loudest to you because of your mindset. How you look at yourself is really important. What's even more important though is how, uh, let's see if I can say this in a way that makes sense. What's even more important is how you perceive the way that God looks at you. Just speaking from my personal experience, I believe that there is nothing that affects your self-image, your self-esteem more than this. When you perceive an angry God, a disappointed father, a father who's distant from you, you will never look at yourself the right way. Your perception is... Your reality, if you perceive something to be true, the whole world can tell you that it's false, but you will keep believing it. Even if on a surface level, like, you know that it's false, your perception will keep you believing in a lie. Like, my problem was that I knew in my head that God loved me unconditionally, no matter what. I could quote plenty of Bible verses to that effect, but for a long time, that wonderful knowledge stayed in my head, but never quite made its way into my heart. Your heart is the, this is what I call it, the reservoir for everything that you have come to accept as truth for your life. Once your heart truly grabs a hold of something, true or false, right or wrong, it becomes a standard belief for you. A belief that begins to define the way that you think. Your mind will lock onto that belief and use it to govern your life. The subconscious mind is not concerned with right and wrong. It's only concerned with protecting what you believe. It keeps you safe by keeping you in the comfort zone of what you have come to believe or accept as truth for your life. So when I was younger and I developed this belief that God was disappointed in me, even though it was a wrong belief that negatively affected me for years, my own mind held onto it because it thought that it was keeping me safe. You have to understand that when you believe something good or bad, it is part of you. It's part of your system of thought. Your beliefs are so important because they actually affect every aspect of your life. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The issues of life come from the heart. You live out of your heart. You don't live anything on the outside without first living it on the inside. In other words, the internal reality that you create through thoughts, beliefs, what you focus on, what you meditate on or talk to yourself about— it all works together to create your internal world, so to speak, which will always spill over into your external world. I've heard it said that the way you act at home will affect the way that you act in public, and that's true. But look, in a similar way, the way that you live on the inside or the inside of yourself will always affect the way that you live and function and operate on the outside. Out of the heart spring the issues of life. The way you think is key. If you are saved and you're living under condemnation, then you need to change your focus, change your perspective, change your thinking. Romans 8 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Understand, you are in Christ. The Bible says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things are made new. You have been made new. In Jesus Christ. Now, this is not just pretty poetic biblical language. This is reality, okay? Your nature has been changed. Now, your mind is still being renewed, just like mine. Your mind is not perfect. Your thinking needs work, but your nature is new. You are a child of God, and as a child of God, your sin problem has been taken care of through Jesus's death on the cross. You are not a slave of sin. You are not by nature a sinner. I know people like to say things like, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. We actually have to stop talking like that, in my opinion. I know what they mean, but look, you are not a sinner. You were a sinner. So was I. But in Christ, you are not a a sinner I'm not saying you don't sin but your nature has been made new you were born into sin but you have since been born again born of an incorruptible seed look the phrase born again literally means to be born from above and John said in John chapter 1 that you have been born of God nothing born of God is bad I understand we all have issues, we have struggles, there's addictions, problems, sin problems, all that stuff. But we have to look at those things the right way. You are born again. Your old sinful nature is dead. You are born of God. Grace doesn't like turn a blind eye to sin and just pretend that it's okay or pretend that it's not there. But what grace does, grace empowers you to walk in freedom and victory. The biggest contributing factor to condemnation is wrong thinking. Condemnation, guilt, and shame do not help you stop sinning. They actually keep your focus on the mistakes you've made, and that never helped anyone. Walking around on eggshells thinking you're a sinner trying to get free only keeps you in bondage. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Imagine that. He didn't go through everything he went through he didn't do everything that he did so that you could keep blaming yourself if you think about it that doesn't even make sense sometimes we feel like we need to beat ourselves up over things that we've done mistakes that we've made personal failures whatever some of you know what it's like to walk around with that baseball bat in your hand beating yourselves up blaming yourselves thinking about all the things you've done wrong look just shut up If you were wrong, if you messed up, take responsibility for it. Don't pretend it didn't happen. But look, you've got to recognize that Jesus already paid for it. He took the punishment for your mistake so that you wouldn't have to. We have got to stop carrying burdens that are not meant for us. Jesus already took it. Sometimes we think that we did something so wrong that we need to feel guilty about it for a while. We think that like God's not over it or something. That's ridiculous. If you think that God wants you to feel guilty for your sin, mistakes, failures, whatever, that's like. I don't think God the Father is looking at Jesus saying, Son, you know that sacrifice you gave on the cross, the laying down of your life, you know, let's just say for Duke LaMastra, you laid down your life for Duke LaMastra, you took the nails in your hands, you had the crown of thorns on your head, you became sin, you became a curse, you were absolutely perfectly obedient. But look, it wasn't quite good enough to cover Duke LaMastra's issue, so he has to pay for it himself. Now, we know that that's not the case. The blood of Jesus paid for everything you've done, everything you will do. It was one sacrifice for all time. He justified you before God. He made you holy. He made you righteous. He made you his. And the Father looks at you as he looks at his son Jesus because you are in Christ. Stop beating yourself up, stop believing the lie of the accuser, believe what God says about you. I told you earlier that for a long time, my image of God, my perception of God was that his back was turned toward me. Listen, nothing could be further from the truth. His face shines down on you. Have you ever seen a tree that grows up in the shade, like maybe in the shadow of another tree? When a tree is deprived of sunlight, it doesn't grow quite right. It bends and contorts, trying to find the light. That tree will never grow as big or as strong as the others. And there's this verse that I love in Proverbs that says, I think it's Proverbs 16, 15. It says, In the light of the king's face is life, and his favor is like a cloud of latter rain. It says, In the light of the king's face is life. When you live in the light of the king's face, you experience his goodness, his favor, his peace, his mercy, his joy, all of that. But if you're thinking is that he's disappointed in you or that his face is turned away from you, you will respond accordingly. You will try to do things to get his favor, to try to do things to get his approval. You will bend and contort your way through life trying to be good enough to be accepted, to be considered worthy. Here is what I want you to get. God's face is towards you. His face shines on you. He delights in you. His countenance when he sees you, it's not disgust like he's shaking his head in frustration. He loves you. He accepts you. The next time you have an opportunity to believe a lie, to come under condemnation, to feel guilty for something that you did or for something that was done to you, you need to remind yourself, listen, I am his. I belong. I'm accepted. He loved me enough to pay it all for me, to bring me into his presence where the love and the favor of his face shines down on me. Remind yourself of these truths. One final verse, Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Look, I don't care if you just messed up five seconds ago. I don't care how bad it was. Stand before the throne of grace boldly. That's your right. When you sin, it doesn't take away your right to stand boldly before God. I have two sons, and when it came to their wrongdoing, they both grew up thinking the exact same way. My youngest right now is four, And his thinking is like this. If he gets in trouble and gets disciplined, he has zero problem coming back to me like a minute later and asking for something. His thinking is, yeah, I did something wrong, but it doesn't change the fact that you're my dad. You belong in his presence. The biggest reason we struggle to get free is that we don't come boldly to the throne where there is mercy and grace. We hide from God. We sweep things under the rug. We live in shame. We walk on eggshells. For what? There's no condemnation for you because you are in Christ. If you don't truly believe that, tell yourself again and again until you do believe it. You have boldness to stand before God because Jesus paved the way for you. Listen, that's all I have for today, and uh, I don't normally do this, but I'm just going to follow my heart on this. If you're listening to this and you've never given your life to Jesus before, listen, right now is a perfect time to receive this free gift of salvation, grace, and eternal life by praying a simple prayer and giving your life to him. If that's you, you can pray this prayer with me or you can change it up a little bit. Just say something like this. Jesus, I believe that you died in my place for my sins. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I give you my life and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. It's that simple. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to hear from you. Also, listen, if you have questions about this discussion, especially if you're struggling to find freedom in this area, it's always best to like talk to your pastor or a leader in your church, someone you have a relationship with, but you can always feel free, you know, find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whichever medium you use the most, shoot me a comment, private message, direct message, whatever. And I'm more than happy to talk to you more about this. Let me pray before we end. Jesus, thank you for your perfect sacrifice that settled our debt, our sin problem once and for all. Father, destroy the lies that keep your people stuck in condemnation. I ask you for a greater infusion of boldness to stand before you unashamed, that we would run to you and not from you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks for hanging in there with me on this one. I hope this was a blessing to you. If it was, I would love to hear from you. And if you were blessed then please share this episode with someone you know that might be dealing with the issue of condemnation. I will be back with the next episode on Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, 5 a.m. Central. You're the best. See you next time.